Genre. Welcome again to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we review, analyze, and talk about the film Back to the Future Part Trace. Uh, one back to life jumping minute at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez and the news. I'm Scott Corelli and joining us again, Hal Lublin. Welcome back. Hello. <laughs> hey, he did the voice. <laughs> Happy to have you back. And uh, we're doing, we're going back to minute 84. Uh, which starts with uh, the uh, the town. <laughs> I, I almost I almost wanted to call them. They, they really are like the Statler and Waldorf, but there's like one extra one. <laughs> right. <laughs> Statler, Waldorf and George. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Marley the, and Marley. <laughs> whoa. Yeah. Uh, with uh, with uh, those old men goading Marty into uh, killing a man with his gun and. <laughs> Ends with uh, Doc leaping back to to consciousness. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so so yeah, we were talking a little bit off mic about how amazing the line. Uh, everyone will say that Clint Eastwood is the biggest yellow belly in the West. Line is, <laughs> <laughs> and I love his his finger punctuation with each word. Clint Eastwood is the biggest yellow belly in the West. <laughs> it's. It's it's so good, and I, I I I just I love like would Clint Eastwood the actor would he have changed his name if oh that was like if that was like famously the name of a coward right like Benedict Arnold or like right right like one of, like one of those folk or like yeah like Aaron Burr right. uh, yeah your name has been tarnished he definitely would have never done westerns. Yeah, he was like the irony is was way too much. Yeah, it would be like if Albert Brooks got into uh, like quantum mechanics. <laughs> Google it; it'll be a good later laugh. That's a good one. That's a way Homer. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, we do finally discover what those old men are doing at the table, though. They're playing cards. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm kind of relieved that they don't just stare into the middle distance until, like, someone else comes by. Well, they may also do that. We don't know that this isn't Westworld. That's, yeah, That that's come up a lot, is <laughs> how how Marty kind of is acting like a guest this whole movie. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I also, I just really like how <laughs> the way... <laughs> so they're sitting at this table and the three of them are sitting around it, but they're not sitting around the table. It's as if, because, you know, they're sitting in like classic sitcom style where you can't have someone with their back to the table. So they're all sitting around one side of the table. Yeah. Like yeah. a play. Um, which, which I, which I like because, you know, they're basically sitcom characters, these three, but also it, it's, They've been doing this for so long, coming to the saloon and playing cards. It actually adds a level of sadness because it makes you wonder if there used to be a fourth guy and he died. <laughs> I've, actually, I've actually no doubt, I'm not lying, thought about that twice this week is how sad <laughs> it's going to be when one of them dies. Yeah. 
and they just... can't play cards with two people. No, who ever heard of a card game between two people? Yeah. It's impossible. Right. Also, I think that's what that platter was. We were having, uh, we, we thought maybe it was dessert, but I think it's the pot. Oh, they're okay, literally cool. playing for a pot that they pass back and forth to one another. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm going to have dinner tonight. <laughs> oh, there's soup on the menu, fellas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what they're playing for. Uh, yeah. Soup because they're old. Yeah, because and it's the West. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the new front, the old frontier of soup. They called it. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm really fascinated by what this. Cause, you know, we we know we we have talked a lot about Marty this week, and now I'm kind of my ma- my imagination is so fascinated by what this event means to the hill valians like they're just watching this young man like really face himself in like a very yeah. like tense way and everyone's just kind of like solemnly like watching it like not even like goading him or like heckling they're just like oh man this got heavy <laughs> well i i think i mean they're all here out of a, a hopeful uh, place because they're oh, all that's right. Yeah. They, they all want him to kill mad dog. Um, I, obviously there's the one cynical guy that like bet against him. And I'm sure there's a few others that are, are, you know, going to be betting against him cause he's mm-hmm. a little runt. But I, uh, I just, I, I think that they're all really hopeful. And I think that's part of why they were goading him last minute is because they want him to get out there and kill this guy. Like, they don't want to deal with yeah. Mad Dog anymore. They came out for a show. Yeah. And uh, and then as far as the bit where, you know, the guy, the fancy guy slides him a gun across uh, across the bar. And Marty says he already has a gun. Um, the, uh, the peacemaker that he was given yeah. at the festival. But... Uh, what follows is a series of close-up shots of people reacting to Marty and like trying, like wondering what he's going to do. <laughs> and I think this is the first time I've ever watched this and realized that this scene is like it, it's it's Zemeckis's ode to to Leone. Like this is a spaghetti western moment of like shooting between close-ups of people. Oh, and like in their eyes shifting about kind of skeptically. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, so, but, yeah, you get those Leone close-ups. It's really cool. I do have to say for a fancy man, he's got a dirty gun because that's yeah, red does. vest that slides. He's like, you can have my gun, which seems really odd. What if it just left like, a trail of grease as it's lit across the bar? <laughs> Don't tell my secret. I'm a dirty boy. <laughs> I was secretly real dirty underneath here. I did. I never had a bath nor shower. I just get fancy clothes and put them tee, on. Tee hee. I, ju- yeah, tee I, I just buy new clothes every month or so because I'm rich. I'm rich and- but unkempt, <laughs> like Iron uh, Fist. I'm like I'm the Danny Rand of my day. <laughs> I just. Somebody called me a hippie. I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, I'm in love with the shot of Marty, the back of Marty's hat, 
tilting up and then revealing Seamus looking at Marty. That's such yes. a good Yeah. Yeah, that's some good that's some yeah. good stuff. There there's some good framing this week. We had that really great shot with Clara. Mm-hmm. We had that really great uh uh rack focus between Mad Dog through the window and then it rack focuses to the to the photo changing to show Clint Eastwood on the on the grave. Right, yeah, you don't even think about it in the moment, but yeah, that's yeah. And then you precise. and then you get this this uh this great shot. Oh my gosh, um, yeah. And then like <laughs> and then the shot of Christopher Lloyd shooting up is amazing. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. But the, great, this, shot. <laughs> great, great shot. Great <laughs> shot. The shot of Seamus and the guys behind him, they look like it looks like either the cover of an Eagles album or just any band in the 70s. Yeah, so it's like, uh-huh. we went to we went to Six Flags and got in the Western booth, had them take our photo, and that's gonna be the album yeah. cover. Like just the way they're lined <laughs> up, even the, especially the the guy in back right who's looking off into the distance. He's like the one guy who's not looking at the camera. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like this was like a sh- like a shitty companion soundtrack album to a movie to a western. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is a well composed shot, but it makes me think of an album cover. Yes. Like with like a, like a, like a like a super band with Chris Christopherson and yeah, the Highwaymen reformed. The highwaymen. <laughs> uh, you you know what the the three men are kind of a, they're kind of like a proto Highwaymen these these Western <laughs> funny oh for old sure guys. yeah yeah uh, there's a really uh, there's a really intense moment where Mad Dog realizes that like he's gotten to ten. And he still hasn't come out. Yeah. Like, like that, 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 yeah, I don't think it even occurred to him that that could happen. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, this is a first for him. Like the rules my, are, you have to be out. I don't right get there. it. When my, when my mama counted to 10, I always was right there. Why isn't this working? <laughs> she always said, if I didn't do it, I'd be sorry. <laughs> <laughs> was it all a lie? <laughs> <laughs> just stumbles stumbles out of the frame <laughs> what have i become if i can't get people to come out of buildings on the 10 count <laughs> uh he forgets the number seven. Oh, so great right yeah at least at least in order he he knows the number seven independently of counting right uh because his his guy uh reminds him and he gets really worried like, yes. this is the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to him. Yeah. It'd be like gravity not working for a second. Right? Yes. <laughs> the shit. <laughs> uh, I, uh, then we get, we get the line, um, that I just think, I mean, it might be my favorite, like Marty, like Michael J. Fox perform line. Oh well, it's such it. It's so amazingly built up. Yeah, yeah, and it's because it's not just it's not just a build up of this moment because it is, but it's a build up of all three movies. Yeah, because yeah. he has experienced three generations of Tannins. <laughs> That's true. Yes. Yeah, and he's just like. He says the thing where he calls him a yellow belly pie slinger, and he just kind of he finally just stops. Something, rolls something his eyes. breaks. Something like something, snaps. Something snaps. He's like pie slinger. This guy's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. 
it, it, it's it's like he 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 says the thing that we've all been thinking. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, what am I? What am I doing? Yeah. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I also like pie slinger as an insult. Like the worst thing you can be is a baker. <laughs> well, well, yeah, but like it's a it's a direct reference to him throwing the pie pan. Oh yes, uh, the frisbee. at Buford at the festival. Yeah, the frisbee right. pie pan. Right, right. Um, so technically, he's a pie pan slinger. There was no <laughs> pie left, and all he's doing is reliving a painful moment for himself. <laughs> right. You scary, accurate passlinger. Because you're not. Yeah, you frightened me. Because you're not wrong. It's a stupid put down. Like, what? Yeah, that you mean that time that he threw a pie and knocked a gun out of your hand? Yeah. Like <laughs> he has really good aim. He has really good like, aim. Be like Flash Thompson. Be like, hey Parker, where'd you get your face breaking? ass out here (laughs) (laughs) you can flip around me some more (laughs) get your big penis out here you gotta answer some questions (laughs) yeah weird weird moment for uh old buford there yeah and then yeah and then uh it 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 almost kind of reminds it's like almost a scott pilgrim moment at the end where it's like marty earned the power of self-respect yeah, he did. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Because because he 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 earns the power instead of a sword coming out of his chest. Doc bolts awake. He gets Doc back. Like yeah. it, it, it's like getting your summon back. Yes. <laughs> his familiar has returned. Yeah. The Doc uh, card recurrent returns from the graveyard and into your hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Perfectly timed. I love yeah. it. It's a great moment. It's Absolutely. earned. He earned it. Absolutely. Uh, so, so Hal, uh, you talked a little bit. Uh, I mean, you talked a lot about uh, Back to the Future this week, but you talked a little bit about the first movie and your love of the first movie. Do you remember the first time that you saw it? Do you have any uh, any any memories of uh, watching it for the first time or your experience with it? Yeah, I absolutely remember. I remember the movie theater. It was the Orleans, the, uh, Orleans 8 in Northeast Philadelphia. And I just thought it was the greatest movie I'd ever seen. And I saw it eight times in the theater. Oh, wow. Like, I could not get enough of it. That was the one movie where I was like, let me track how many times I've seen this movie. And by the time I was in high school, I'd seen it 25 times. I just kept, like, I can't... If it's on, I have to sit and watch it. Yeah. And sometimes my wife and I will be sitting around like, let's watch Back to the Future. And then, like, you just never are disappointed by it. And it was, for some reason, was a touchstone. I was eight years old. It was just, like, the perfect touchstone movie for me. Came along at the right time. And it it's so well made as a time travel story, even. Mm-hmm. It just sort of accepts its own rules. Because there's always a logic problem in every single time travel stories there's always a paradox that isn't addressed or you know but they do right. they do their best there you sort of you don't spend as much time thinking about it and there are enough little easter eggs of things that change every time he you know when he goes from the past to the present that it's like you can watch it endlessly and still be entertained and find new things yeah yeah i've been really i i someday i want to do like a like a write, a, I want to write a thesis about what it is that makes the movies that are rewatchable over and over and over again. So, like, like Back to the Future or Goodfellas or 
Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Like what like what are the com like what's like the common genetic code of those stories, you know? Well, I think or Groundhog Day. Good strong points of view. Like the performances are good. Obviously it's well written. It's gotta be a well written story. It's gotta be well directed and, and look good. But it's also like the, the point of view of the characters. It's strong and that sticks with you. Even if Marty doesn't change, like you have a very strong sense of who he is. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, and Ferris Bueller too. You know who Ferris Bueller is. You know who Cameron is, right? Mm-hmm. Mr. Rooney. Like they're all really strong, well-established. That's why the Breakfast Club is so great, and it's super outdated. If you watch it now, you know just because of, of how technology's changed, so it's, it's right. outdated in that way. But the characters are so strong. Home Alone too. Like all any movie that could have been solved with a cell phone that still holds <laughs> up holds up because of. Uh, just how well made the characters are. Yeah. Right. You you want to you want to return to those characters even if the even if you kind of already mined the plot for any sense of excitement that you could at this point. Yeah. It's it's like why well, it's it's why Richard Linklater movies are so are, are so fun to go back to is those are so built on the characters and their points of view. Yeah. And I th- I th- also think Crispin Glover is kind of the hero of Back to the of the original Back to the Future and I think the moment Oh yeah. Where he goes from terror and pain to rage with his arm twisted behind his back is the greatest single moment of acting ever caught on film. Wow. Man. Yeah, it's that's so clear. Yeah. Have you have you gotten a chance to listen? Have we talked about it on the show, but have you gotten a chance to listen to the uh, I Was There 2 episode with Tom Wilson? I haven't yet, but I need to. He uh, He speaks so highly. <laughs> he, he has he speaks so highly of Crispin Glover in that movie that yeah. it's, you walk away with a newfound admiration. All right. Yeah, he talks about he talks about uh, he was going to do a screen test with him. And, and so they went out and sort of like acted through their scene together. And uh, Crispin Glover, who was like just sort of like a normal guy, he was like, OK, let's start the scene. And then he's like, all of a sudden he curls into a question mark and becomes George <laughs> And starts doing the George thing, and he was just, he couldn't even say his next line because he was like, holy shit, there's no way I'm getting this part if this is what I'm up against. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so incredible, like, just fully realized character. Yeah. Again, like, he's just, and that's partly the actor and partly how it's written. Right. Absolutely. Uh, Um, Movies. Movies. (laughs) Movies. <laughs> <laughs> Movies, everybody. Enjoy them a minute at a time. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, uh, I think that's all I have for 1984 or Minute 84. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Well, uh, if you want to visit more of what we're up to on the internet, you can go to duelinggenre.com. It's uh, the website for Dueling Genre Productions, uh, the house that Scott and I built and uh, – we have a bunch of podcasts like uh, Harry Potter Minute, Spider-Man Minute, which Scott just started with Zach Luna, and it's mm-hmm. so dope. Um, and Geek by Night, which uh, Scott and I are very, very proud of. It's our original audio series about a group of friends, and they're like mid-late 20s that get superpowers. And um, one of those villains uh, has the power to manipulate reality, and it kind of <laughs> almost is like he's hosting a, a radio show, but it's like evil. Yeah, know. it's it's really weird that I ju- I don't think until Nick had pointed that out. I don't think we had ever said 
like out loud that your narrator on Thrilling Adventure Hour was the inspiration for that character. (laughs) I don't think we'd ever. Yeah, he basically has the power to like say things and whatever he says, they happen. And so he hosts a radio show where he he makes things he keeps making things happen and no one can figure out where these things are coming from. Um, So, uh, yeah, weird, huh? (laughs) well clearly i'll be suing both of you (laughs) that's fine you know what that's fair i can't and and stop the tape please your honor (laughs) (laughs) we're going on judge john hodgman immediately the case will be heard it just starts this like it starts like this podcast like crossover event like (laughs) it's uh season three of serial yeah Oh man. So uh, so yeah, and you can find episodes of Geek by Night uh on iTunes or however you're listening to this podcast, that's how you can listen to Geek by Night. And we hope you do because we think you'll like it. Absolutely. And uh we will be back tomorrow with minute 85. Bye.